You're listening to The Big Possible Show with your host, Noah Scott. It's time to break through the limits and achieve all you can imagine. All you can imagine. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Big Possible Show. This is your host, Noah Scott, signing on with another incredible guest today. Our guest today, Lane Kaoka, is he used to be an ex or he was an ex civil engineer, but now he invests passively in real estate from Honolulu, Honolulu, Hawaii. He was a big, bad private company as a construction engineer, but after saving and investing, he found happiness and balance in a lower paying job. He journals his experiences in Simple Passive Cash Flow podcast and his parents, well, they got screwed over with the 401k and stock market. And now it's his mission to get everyone out of the corrupt Wall Street roller coaster and into Main Street invests with safer, higher returns that benefit the middle class of America. Welcome to the show, Lane. Aloha. How are you? Yeah, aloha to you too, Noah. That's beautiful. So, Lane, what would you say is your superpower? That thing that's just something you've honed through the years that just you do better than anyone else? Um, I, I mean, I always tell people, I'm, you know, I'm just a regular real estate investor who does buy and hold. Um, we happen to be in the world of apartments, but, you know, I did this little podcast that got really viral and basically what put my uh, company um, on the map and got me the traction um, as most entrepreneurs, you know, they're not, they don't hit traction. Um, but due to the marketing side of my business, you know, we were able to carve out a niche for ourselves and get word of mouth going and referrals. And, you know, that's, I find myself very lucky for kind of hitting it big on that front. Absolutely. It, and it's, it's so powerful having, you know, starting with some media, using that as leverage, getting, getting your foot in the door. It's, it's a play that, most people put off, you know, most people say, oh, I'll do that another day. I'll do that another day. And, you know, once you get that, that wheel moving, it's really powerful. And with that, I'd love to move into like the next question, which is about risk taking. Um, I love to celebrate how people embrace risks on the show. And, you know, with that, do you have a story of a time that maybe you took the biggest risk of your life? You know, what was going through your head at the time and, and how did you prevail? Yeah. I mean, you know, like, from 2009 or actually 2007, I graduated college, was working for the man, just saving my money up and buying little rental properties about my first one in 2009. And then by 2015, I had 11 of those little rental properties. Um, I, you know, I haven't quite replaced my entire salary at my engineering job. And my engineering job was pretty cushy back then. But, um, you know, we started to take down larger apartments, started to bring investors in. The podcast was kind of taken off. And around 2017, 18, you know, the idea that got planted of, you know, I probably should get rid of this day job that is kind of just taking up extra bandwidth and, you know, burn the boats, as they say, and you know, take the leap of faith and just go 100% into the podcast syndicating a large apartments. And, you know, I mean, we had done it a several times, um, so there was proof of concept there. But you know, it's just it's hard to um, give up that easy money or you go to work and I do maybe an hour or two a week and um, you know and and kind of get out on my own and call myself not an engineer, which I went to school for all those years. But 
now just another random entrepreneur, right? Is kind of my tagline. That's incredible. Yeah. And, it, you know, I, I love about that story is that you didn't just leap before you looked. You had a baseline uh, proof of concept, you had some momentum. And you, so you basically had, you were informed and you just like, okay, I'm not just going in blind. This risk, I've calculated it. There's enough uh, momentum where it can support me theoretically once I take the leap. Yeah, I, I'm definitely one of those um, huge proponents for like getting your your business up to a point where it's just obvious that you cannot, um, you, you shouldn't do anything else because it's just a matter of where's your time better spent in, in your business. And a lot of times that could mean like a several years for you actually get traction in there. Um, and, you know, there are many other reasons, right? The day job gives you capital to fund your business venture. It, it, it seems like a constraint where, you know, your time is going elsewhere, but in a way it's allowing you to build your business, build the systems with less resources of time and allows you to, when you finally do make the switch over, you've have those lean systems created um too yeah too too many times i see entrepreneurs just like let's do it let's jump to the moon you know uh burn the boats which is cool and, and it sounds really cool right when you say i'm gonna quit the job but you know many entrepreneurs never make it and the reason why is because they have a half big idea that sucks and um i don't know people are more interested or they're pondering it i, I wrote a pretty long article and video at simplepassivecashflow.com slash quit you know, there's kind of like, you know, things I wrote on the pros and cons list. Um, it's different for everybody, I'd say. Yeah, we'll definitely get into a little bit of the decision-making um, frameworks, I think, a little bit later in the in this show. But um, one of the other things I like to I like to chat about is how the individual can make a positive impact in the world. You know, there's there's so many people feel like it's such a big project to impact the world in a positive way, and they might sell themselves short or they might say i i can't do anything and 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 resign themselves to live small with that um what are you doing you know with the with the podcast with all the with all the trainings the masterminds we were talking about how are you helping um the world in quote unquote save the world in a, in a, if i might say it frankly yeah yeah i mean you know we're not here to save everybody right our our clientele are hard workers who make a decent salary who are good at saving their money you know so not necessarily credit investors net worth million dollars or more i mean that's most of them and it's but the the main thing is that they're good with their money right these people they don't go into debt they save their money they they blindly put money into the 401k or pay down their houses which are the exact things that the wealthy don't do and it's what we teach along with the suite of other tax and legal strategies um but you know i think the biggest thing for me is like unlocking all these types of investments for people. I think everybody has read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, great book. Um, really written in a very elegant way, I, I, I got to admit. But the problem with that dang book is you read it and you don't know what the heck to do after that, right? It gives you actually no tangible type of um, answers. So you search, right? Real estate investing, you know, you, there's these seminars and there's this huge industry in our world of just these like guru slimy villains of like, you know, they get you into a seminar, they sell you in the $97 e-course, and then they have the upcharge for the $25,000, $50,000 nonsense session that, you know, frankly, all our 
content, articles, podcasts, and videos are free on the YouTube and the internet, right? And that was kind of my first goal was like, let's just put those guys out of business because right. they oftentimes they go after the people with zero money, right? Mm -hmm. they, they, they teach them to go and call the credit card companies and, you know, go into debts to buy their damn product, right? Or go into their coaching where, you know, for most, for, for a lot of people, they have a, just a little, you know, are able to follow the right people like our, our platform. A lot of it's just free out there for them. Um, but then, you know, like, I think that that was like the goal was to kind of help people not only dispel that. I, I don't think that that stuff is very ethical what those people do, but there are people that need investment options. And that was where the syndication company came in, right? Where we go and we take down large apartments. We have a passive investor base that comes along with us. They build a relationship with us. They get to know other people, other investors in our ecosystem. And it's a smaller group of people. So I was never one to like help the world. I want to help the people who number one, deserve it and work hard and are good people in the smaller hooey, as we call it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes. And giving them the, the, the removing the obstacles so that they're able to find success a little easier. And, and, yeah. and selfishly for the social relationships, right? We talked a little earlier about, you know, a little bit what you guys do putting together these cool retreats. Now that's exactly what I want to create is, you know, good times with good people that we do business together with. Absolutely. Yes. And, you know, let's actually talk about that a little bit. You know, what do you do when you, when you hit a wall, like, where do you go for support? What does that community look like in your life? Um, you know, I mean, like, I think when you climb the ladder of, you know, revenue or profits or net worth, that resource gets less and less and less as one would assume, right? Um, you know, I mean, in the beginning, right, there are a lot of peers, but through the years, a lot of these people, they just didn't, didn't get traction. They failed, um, struck out, or, you know, they just kind of went their separate ways, um, you know, most people in our industry that kind of hit our level of success that are above the age of 50, they're kind of done with it, right? They hit that end game number, that net worth number. I, I tell a lot of my investors, all you got to do is hit four or five million net worth and you're done, right? Um, being kind of the ages we are as the principals, um, it's, we still got to keep doing what we're doing. And we inherently know that we need to keep, you know, keep busy. But, you know, obviously, outsourcing, hiring staff to get rid of the things we don't really like to do or not the best at doing and kind of focus on the things that I do like, right? The things that bring me joy throughout the day. And these days it's, you know, I, I still have um, investor onboarding calls with pretty much all the investors coming on board. Um, I want to get to know them. I also want to filter them into the group personally. Um, but I enjoy, you know, just, you know, getting to know them, hearing their story, um, we talked tax strategy, you know, what they've been investing in, what vehicles they've been investing in, how to correct those vehicles, like the 401k and that type of stuff. Um, and I feel like I really make a big difference, right? Mm. On, and it, you know, it happens through Zoom. So it's super easy for me. I can be wherever I want to be uh, on my schedule, right? Because they're booking a link on my calendar. <laughs> but um, that's kind of the position I, I want to put myself in more. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'd like to actually, you touched on a little bit about 
about putting systems into place, creating like automations and, and freeing up your time so that you're able to do the things that you love. Um, with that, can we talk a little bit about what, what order you think that people should be automating things out so that, you know, what would create the most leverage to enable the most passive approach to your business? Um, you know, if we were to kind of take it into sequential steps. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess everything that you do should be turned into a standard operating procedure, SOP. Um, I was not always the best at this and, you know, it's still not the best of it. Um, but we've kind of hired other people to kind of take this over, the SOP creators. In a way, it's kind of like artificial intelligence. And when you start to do that, you know, things really start to move. Or when you start to get yourself out of the business... Um, you know, there's a there's a fascinating book out there, a concept, the E Myth by Michael Gerber, saying that you know a lot of the people listening to this podcast right now are typically the visionary portion of the business. There are other implementers under that person, or I, I guess not under them, but like you know, in this world, there are other people that are crucial to the business. By no means less important than the visionary, but oftentimes the skill sets are very different. You know, I. I can operate, I can implement things, but I'm I'm best at my cookie ideas and, and long range strategy. And that's the where I need to put myself in that situation. So, you know, you, you kind of ask the question of like, what do you do when you get kind of stuck? And, you know, when we today we have $1.2 billion of assets under ownership. I would say when we're around a quarter of that quarter billion. You know, we're still in the day-to-day, -day, still interacting with the individual property managers, um, which, you know, obviously is not scalable. Um, and at that point, we're still more successful than most entrepreneurs, right? And you to climb these other groups, you know, like YPO, EO, um, you, know, you kind of get into, you kind of, your peer group goes away. You, you have less of these, less of these resources. Um, you, you eventually outgrow these little masterminds or, you know, these fake masterminds, mm -hmm. it's hard to tell, right? These days, um, you kind of outgrow a lot of those organizations. Um, as, as a lot of, you start to realize a lot of those groups are just uh, revenue sources for them, for the group themselves as they start, especially when they start to build a name. But, you know, I would say like, you know, about the same time I started to implement uh, EOS traction. Um, I think that's something that everybody should, you know, be, be attuned to you may not be ready to implement something like that i would say you know, if your revenue is not a million dollars or more it may not make sense to implement such a, um, a system but you know that's kind of the, what i see you know comparing myself to different businesses entrepreneurs different industries it typically takes that same path um, whether it's not the Gino Wickman yeah. EOS doesn't need to be that, but the system of basically creating an org chart, right? Where you're at the top and then you have a COO or implementer helping you create the, the systems and process and hiring the right people. Because I think all too often the, the entrepreneur, the people, the employee number one is not the best at that. And that was just at least my experience share from that front. Totally. Always loved uh, the clarity that comes from the EOS system. It's just, it gives you so much in terms of, oh, I don't have to create everything from scratch. I can use something that's already built and just run with it. Yeah. So I, I'd, I'd like to get, you know, as we work towards wrapping up, I'd like to get a little soulful with you here. What, you know, what would you say 
is the source of happiness? Like, where do you think happiness comes from? Yeah, I mean, I, I think at, at the essence, like, I think it's about making an impact. For me, it's about, you know, helping hardworking professionals and successful entrepreneurs to really optimize their money, right? As opposed to just putting it in blindly into the 401k, Roth IRAs, all these retail investment products that, you know, my narrative that I kind of talk with with one of my coaches is I kind of see myself as like Robin Hood, right? Steal from the rich, give to the poor. Um, and I see myself living that prophecy um, and it kind of makes me, you know, laugh inside for that narrative, but it makes me like, it gives me a vision of what I'm doing um, that we're going out, we're, we're doing this podcast, we're doing these YouTube channels, we're reaching the right people, we're drawing them into our free content, they go through it, and they open their eyes to the world of alternative investments, you know, buying their own buy and hold rentals, that's really not that hard to operate when you do it kind of our way when you buy it with cash flow day one, um, or expanding your peer group with the right people, which, you know, we have the events view, and I talked about, you know, putting on events, and now you start to um, start to become alive because now you have these different investment options. But that's, you know, that's kind of step one, right? Step two is now you're in all these real estate investment options where you get all these passive losses to use these passive losses to knock out all your passive income. So you pay less taxes there. Some other people, you know, who have a non-working spouse can possibly do real estate professional status and now unlock that strategy to use your passive losses to knock out in your entire taxable burden. Um, many of my clients, myself included, you know, we don't pay taxes um, legally. Our passive losses or paper losses more than knock out any ordinary or passive income that we have. And that's the way to do it. And maybe that's a little bit where my little Robin Hood steal from the rich, give to the poor analogy comes in. Um, and then the last strategy we kind of teach is like infinite banking with all the extra money they're not paying to the tax man. Um, you know, they're able to save more money and keep it in their own bank, as we call it. And this is all kind of the whole thing of, you know, financial freedom is not for everybody. But if you're able to educate yourself, do something different than what your parents told you, what people around you are doing, you know, it's very simple to become financially free. And this is kind of the what my own personal journey was finding these wealthy people, emulating what they do and realizing now anything that they did wasn't very difficult or hard. It was just very counterintuitive. But when mm -hmm. you kind of get yourself in this peer group and, you know, and the events are very critical for us to, for that cross-pollination of individual investors and share their story of why they take a HELOC on their house to invest and make a much higher return or why they put money into their own infinite banking or why do they, they just raid those 401k accounts because they never made sense in the first place, right? These very counterintuitive ideas. But, you know, for me, I mean, it's just about um, facilitating that the, the information. I mean, maybe it's probably no different than somebody giving their version of the Bible, right? Like, you know, you, you see, you know, there's been many, many people that quit their day job or certainly on the path to telling the, you know, telling the boss that they don't like to spend more time, um, you know, spend with the family they want to be doing. I love that. It's impact drives happiness, especially when you can tie it with a mission that's helping other people. The Robin Hood idea. That's just so powerful. Yeah. Um, so to close this out, Lane, 
uh, I'd love to hear what your favorite decision-making framework is, whether that, that's a mental model or just a, a gut philosophy. What have you found to help you make great decisions throughout your life? I mean, I mean most times I, I just make it by gut. You know, they're not super complicated, even they might be. Um, I kind of just go by feeling at this point. Um, but if it's something, you know, like, a big multifaceted decision like quitting my day job and what am I do about health insurance and what am I going to do about cash reserves how long is this business going to take to get going you know that that thing I think I'll do the old I'll start with the old pros and cons and um you know just think about the consequences of each of you know what what, what will the fallout be and what will the mitigation strategies be from that um writing it down you know, I'm not a big paper and pen person, but I think for something like that, that might be um, useful. But I think if there's one thing certain, every decision that I've made and any decision anybody else has been made in the past, um, it's very rare that you regret ever a conscious decision moving forward. It always seems to work out in the end. And it is kind of cool to have that paper where you're like pros and cons and this led to that and this possibly would have led to this is how we're going to mitigate that from happening. Um, I think it's kind of cool to have that archive, you know, if anything. Yeah, you look back and you're like, wow, look at all the crazy, crazy paths we took in life. It's pretty yeah. wild. Yeah. But look how look how freaked out I was at this right. decision and or this particular thing that I thought that could happen. And it just seems inconsequential. And I think that's a little bit where people start to build a little bit of, you know, like muscle uh, or strength or in their confidence to make future decisions totally totally well lane this has been super powerful thank you so much for sharing your time how do our listeners support you how do they find out about all the all the cool projects you have going on yeah the for podcast listener and um it's passive real estate investing via simple passive cash flow or they can check out all our free stuff at simple passive cash flow.com beautiful we'll have all that in the show notes so thank you so much lane and have a great rest of the day there in hawaii okay Thanks, man. Bye. That's it for this episode of The Big Possible Show. This is Noah Scott signing out to let you know I appreciate you for being here. Of course, if you enjoyed the episode and want to share some feedback, visit Apple and drop a review. That review will help other people find the show, and it also gives me a signal that, hey, people are out there listening. And with that, may the rest of your day be filled with epic adventures. And I'll see you right here for the next episode.